0: After the first part of this segment, uh, now we are going to the second one where we continue reading the first part of version zero, right?
1: Version 1.0 of the first part
0: of the Agile Devil. Great. We just continue reading the part of the flow. And let's go. Awake. Okay.
1: Chapter 9. Awake. As nature is the mother of mind, all we know of her are her children. Leave the children to embrace their mother, still your thoughts to open your mind. The play of thoughts filling your mind keeps it closed. Slow your breathing, seal your memories, attend your senses, embrace the formless, find the focus of nothing, follows silence to its source. As you fall awake, thoughts cease to trouble you. So for me, I, I mean, I've, I've always really liked this one uh, because it's it's very um, it's very direct. It's it's providing, and again, now we are building on the metaphors we were using before, following source to source, uh, finally focus of nothing, and so on. But this idea of falling awake, we talk about falling asleep conventionally, in a, a dualistic mode, we inhabit a world of illusions, uh, the the veil of Maya, and. Sometimes people spend their entire lives with that veil uh, around their eyes. So this idea of stilling your thoughts to open your mind that this is a way to fall awake in a practical and experiential sense. this is giving a, a, another uh, take on a, a meditation practice. But there are business correspondences to all of this and again it goes to the idea of yagni as introduced in the original extreme programming, you aren't going to need it. You need it right now or don't build it, don't do it right now. So uh, we, we we have so many artifacts when we look at the product backlogs and the PI plans and all of the, the, the cards on the walls and the cards in JIRA and all of the, the stories and the acceptance criteria, all this stuff. Most of it is stuff you're going to need, not stuff you need. So um, if we can slow your breathing, this sense of slowing all of the the active work, the work in progress, seal your memories in terms of all of the stuff you've recorded uh, about what what the, the business stakeholders want, it doesn't necessarily meet the market at all anymore. Those business stakeholders are all uh, living this uh, this veil of Maya. So, in an agile sense, this is providing us with something that's instructing us around the discipline of um, listening actively and of analysing the metrics actively and and following that flow rather than saying, oh, well, you know, we accounted for all the things we, that were important to people three months ago, so we just have to keep on following the commitments we made then, and everything will be great. No, it won't. Continuous
0: learning requires this kind of practice. Is okay? For me, it's fine. And again, like all these chapters, we'll get back to it. Cool.
1: Chapter 10. I don't think anything changed in that one. Um, except a slight order change. Chapter ten, Inner Light. I should say for anyone who's a Beatles fan, yes, the the George Harrison song, The Inner Light, is his translation of, uh, of at least about half of this uh, this chapter. So, uh, uh, with apologies to to George, uh, no no real apologies because um, George did his best and he did something very beautiful. This is slightly different. Okay. Without opening the door, you know what's outside. Without opening your eyes, you know the colour of the sky. The less you know, the more you experience. Agility senses without recalling. Perceives without recognising. Responds without reacting. As blindness is not sensing sensation. Recognition is sensing without sensation. As the sighted perceive the blind, the agile perceive their own blindness. Now, there are a bunch of word choice improvements, well, changes anyway, I think there are improvements, over the last version. How does it strike you, Dov?
0: It, it resonates with, with the, I don't know, original, with the Ava translation that I know that talks about, he says something like, I know I'm blind, but at least I don't have the disease of not knowing.
1: Yeah, that's that's, that's close to the meaning too.
0: Um, for me, the 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 there's a lot of
1: interesting wordplay, which when we do the deep dive on this, we'll get into uh, around um, uh, recalling and recognizing and reacting. And uh, so, so I had used the wrong choice of words in the last couple of lines, and I went, "Oh crap! I actually I, I blew it when it came to getting." that not knowing meaning out of it. So, um, so for me, it was mainly just corrections and word choice and making it a bit more rigorous. So that's, I think it's really changed.
0: Which is interesting because we, up to now, most of the changes were done at the end of the poem. Mm. Uh, yeah, except for some of the ordering changes. Yeah, I'll go with
1: that. A lot of the, the early parts of the poem are relatively easy to uh, render into a narrative. It's just that um, finding a way to, make, to stick the landing, if you have made the wrong choices earlier in, a, in one of these poems, it becomes almost impossible. Okay, I'm going to move on unless you've got questions.
0: No, let's go.
1: Okay, chapter 11, Purpose. Nature's tide ebbs and flows, destroying and creating, shaping everything, demanding nothing. It creates forms to no plan, so it seems careless, and destroys forms for no reason, so it seems ruthless. The agile don't worry about nature's purpose, but adapting each other to its tide. And there are a bunch of small word choice changes here. I um, mean, You will, I, th- I think, recognise this as the same poem as before.
0: For me, it's exactly the same. Yeah. And, and again, I think a poem where you didn't change the end sounds the same.
1: Interesting. Well, for me, when you don't recognize a change, good. Then In that case, I did a good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because a, a lot of refactoring is just polishing to, to brighten the meaning and make it more accessible. I'll move on if it's okay. Yes. Okay. Chapter 12, Adaptation. Nature possesses neither limit, nor end, nor beginning, nor centre. Its constant is adaptation, with neither meaning nor outcome. So an agile business profits no one more than it profits everyone. Agile work achieves nothing, but makes all work easier. Agile manners are gentle. Agile ideas, simple. Agile words, genuine. Bending to straighten, emptying to fill. Failing to learn, sharing to gain, suffering to heal. The agile adapt to nature, their form to the flow of forms. I think I made this one better.
0: I guess one thing that, that the hits my retina <laughs> is, is, uh, is the, the phrase agile business, which like, suddenly brings the 21st century right into the smell of, of uh, thousands of years ago.
1: Yes. Well, I, 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 previously I had the, the good, and it wasn't about business, but the more I looked at the pictograms, I went, ah, business agility just turned up, particularly in the sense of mutual benefit. And a lot of the stuff that we do in, in Xscale has to do with that concept and bringing that to the fore, both in terms of reward models and uh, the game theoretics of an organization. So when I saw the opportunity to go, ah, actually, if I brighten this just a little bit, we see that those concepts turn up first order explicitly. I went, aha,
0: okay, good, this is the Agile DAO. We don't have to be embarrassed about that. Yeah, and and, and I want to say something about this. We're not talking in this podcast about X-Scale. No. But these are two big works of yours, mm-hmm. which when I when I met you, they seem like two separate words that, that you're trying not to join. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to see that these do come together and fertilize each other. If
1: I was to try and join it explicitly, I would be taking away from both. But um, if there is a common language that um, connects them, then that's okay. And a lot of that does come from the encouragement you've given me, Dov. Okay. Chapter 13, bureaucracy. I love this one. (laughs) (laughs) When people ignore nature's tide, culture and cults appear, and law and lawyers and politics. As natural relations break apart, businesses become competitive. As people learn to compete, Owners and managers turn up. If we could end ownership and competition, natural relations might return, cancel law and politics. People might share and prosper, ignore bureaucrats and aristocrats. Corruption and conspiracy might end. Yet, treating symptoms is not a cure. Real remedies treat causes. Speak honestly and act gently. Forgive debts and calm fears. Break habits and simplify plans. So there are a bunch of changes that have occurred here, and a lot of it is realizing that in a game-theoretic sense, this is not some abstract uh, treatise about how national governments work. This is about the to day whether you're in private sector or public sector uh, we we often see lawyers of various forms whether they are um, uh, calling themselves methodologists or if they're the usual sort of language lawyers or if the people who dictate the the rules of the bureaucracy under which you operate whether it's robert's rules of order or the frameworks that uh have been adopted by your executives or the guiding principles of you know all that stuff we see the moment that people start to to ignore the harmony we've been talking about nature's tide that culture and cults appear and take us away from what we need to embrace to be able to maximize in a business sense throughput now I dare say we're going to go into depth about this one, but um this is quite different, I think, to the last time you saw this chapter.
0: I'll just say the one small thing that I love here mm-hmm. is that the last part talks about congruence. Say mm-hmm. don't tell the system how it should be, mm-hmm. embody it in yourself. Yes. Speak honestly, forgive that. do whatever is in your control, in your in, in your embodiment and don't Tell the system what to do.
1: Yes, there's a bloke. I trying to remember his name. He's one of the Scrum gurus, Michael Sahota, I think, or something like that. Sahota, that's it. And I saw him give a talk where he was quoting Gandhi as, you know, uh, "Be the change you want to see in the world." Well of course, Gandhi never said that. <laughs> and and I picked Sahota up afterwards and I said, you know, you you kind of you just got that out of a book because like Gandhi didn't really say that. Anyway, yeah, but look, that's 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 important. We have to be able to say these things, and yes, we do need to be able to say these things. But we have to be able to provide people with a context within which that kind of uh, standing up has more meat on its bones. You can't just tell people to be the change and expect that somehow magically going to happen. It's like the software craftsmanship, or what they call it, clean code movement because of that craftsmanship has the word man and it can't say that now it's say clean code anyway saying that the developers should behave this way but not actually giving them the reward models that would motivate them to behave this way not giving management the reward models that would make them focus on end-to-end throughput and instead making them uh, do cost accounting and try to squeeze every last ounce of productivity out of their developers whether the result is actually good for cost to quality, cost to change, or business throughput. All of those artificial ways of managing things are, are this business of um, treating symptoms. But if you're really going to bring agility to a business, then you actually have to have that warm heart, open mind, coiled spine. And so, this is going to that. Shall I go on? Number fourteen. Okay, number 14, because we'll spend forever on this one. All right. Simplicity. All preaching and prayer, pomp and ceremony, honor and blame, blessing and cursing, holiness and heresy means nothing to me. People worship and sacrifice in high temples. Well, I'm like a baby before it learns to smile, believing nothing and following no one. People pray for good fortune and long life, where I prefer riddles and stories. They're determined and sure, where I'm playful and patient. They're cunning and connected, where I'm open and free as a wave rolling over the ocean. They bustle with purpose, where I take it easy and wonder why they worry as I suck at nature's breast. We don't need to go into a lot of depth about the way that uh, Agile has become s- a, something that is imposed, if you think in a Dan Mezik sense, uh, uh, on businesses that they're, they're, that doesn't produce the outcome that the executives are buying. And we know this because of the state of Agile survey that, that tells us that only 5% of its respondents say that um, Agile has improved their organization's ability to respond to changing market conditions. So this notion of open and free as a wave rolling over the ocean, there's a lot in Lao Tzu that's about the water course and about water and this idea of achieving harmony with the flow of forms. That's not something we're gonna get by saying, well, there is some ideal form. There is some some holy uh, values and principles and practices. And if we, we if we just do this? That if we get perfect at it, that we'll be agile. No, it's all rubbish. It, it, those, those values and principles and practices are all really, really useful when used for the purpose of adaptation, of responding to changing market conditions, technological conditions, political conditions. That's really where agility lies. That When we talk about agile mindset, it's in that This is the suck at nature's breast at the end. So there were some wording changes, and uh, I I think they'll be reasonably clear to you, Dov, but the main one was, um, again, in the the end of it, uh, there are a bunch of important ones at the start too, though. I I think if you do the comparison, you'll see them. The the intent uh, for me was making this a bit more general. There is one interesting line here, uh, that that all of this means nothing to me. Uh, This is the first and only time that we really sort of see Lao Tzu turn up as a person and say, Oi, I'm over here. And um, to me, there's no other way to say it. Uh, At at the end of the day, in the sense that we're all Buddha, if we're going to um, represent and express agility in our work, then it winds up the spot under one's feet. You have to actually turn up. Comments, questions? Should we go on?
0: No, in fact, I, I expected you after this poem to be silent. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll okay. do
1: that when we when we when we do it in
0: depth. Yeah, and and also like again in the other translation that I love, I love also like the shock of the personal. Yes. You no, know, suddenly the author turns. His gaze to me and talks direct. Yeah, it's 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 a it is is beautiful because uh, without it, everything here
1: is abstract. Uh, but now with it, you go, oh, okay. There's actually a there's a person involved, and of course there we have no historical evidence for there being any historical Tzu. The name itself uh, can be taken to mean nothing but the old philosophy or the old philosopher. Um, but um, When one is trying to turn something into a narrative, then one is trying to create an author for that narrative. And um, uh, I'm certainly not the person who invented the the, the author turning up here. Um, Nevertheless, this is the only place where I turn up either. So far so good? Yeah. Cool. Chapter 15, Deprivation. Mind functions to represent and nature to adapt. Forests are adaptations of seeds, and seeds of dust. Deprivation drives adaptation. Contentment is born of struggle, community of loneliness, rebellion of bondage, liberty of tyranny, victory of retreat, invention of scarcity, and fire in darkness. So I don't think I've changed anything here. Um, so unless you've got questions, I might move on.
0: No, I don't have any questions. Cool. this one.
1: Um, to me, that last line is um, one of the biggest liberties that I've taken, but it actually corresponds exactly to the pictograms. And f- f- that for me, that's one that I just I love the way this one lands. It's just like, oh, okay, now the, all the abstract stuff before that last line suddenly snaps into focus. And it's one of those things that I love about Lao Tzu in general, is that, that, that sudden call to reality. Now, uh, chapter 16, Yielding. Life bears form, form bears thought. Thought and form generate mind, and mind connects all natural forms, decaying and becoming, adapting each to each other. New shoots sprout, soft and supple, from fallen trees withered and dry. So agility fosters autonomy and alignment in the place of command and control. For autonomy and alignment increase mutual benefit, where command and control reduce it. As a sapless oak splits and rots, bureaucracies compete and corrupt. So the hard and mighty lie beneath the ground while the gentle and yielding dance on the breeze above. Um, The main change I've made here is um, introducing bureaucracies rather than systems. But I felt that given we'd sort of used bureaucracies earlier, that it could turn up. And given the focus on command and control uh, and autonomy alignment over command and control, it seemed natural again to to relate this to the concepts in the Descaling scaling Manifesto. But I think it hangs together okay. How, how does it strike you, Dov? I love it.
0: There is a very a strong distinction here of the bad guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, uh, uh, the, the hard and mighty lie beneath the ground while the gentle and yielding dance in the breeze above. We've all seen that with every reorg. <laughs> that's uh, that's the way these things work so uh, competing and corrupting um, and this is a lovely interplay in between the word choices with command and control and compete and corrupt and so on but we'll go into when we go into depth on this one but uh, that last bit the gentle and yielding dance on the breeze above again that's one where I, I feel like um, most English translations lose that because they don't make good choices earlier and that first part with life best form form best thought and so on is kind of recapping a lot of the stuff that happens early in the poem and it, it could be placed somewhere else but for me it's a it's a nice way to introduce the new shoot sprout and so on puts it into context um so that's why it's here
0: yeah, I love it, and and also like like this, the image of the young shall be old at some point mm. as well. Being young is not a constant uh, attribute. Yes, um, and that's a lot of
1: where this poem, in general, came from. In my life was um, uh, a realization that came from when I, I ran a tea house in North Wales, in the middle of a, an extinct volcanic caldera, and uh, I was combing my donkey underneath uh, a. Um, I think they call it a golden rain tree. though it has got nothing to do with what we often think of as you know, how to go down that path. Anyway, um, but this golden rain tree has these yellow flowers that constantly are falling down. And I was looking at these dead flowers under my feet and I realized that they're not dead. Uh, that um, the flow of nutrients, uh, the cycle that we often think of as, well, he is alive and he is dead. Um, that's our artificial distinction, that there's nothing dead there. Anyway, we'll go into more depth on this when we come to this this chapter. I'll, I'll move on unless you've got questions. Yes,
0: go, go. Okay.
1: Nature. Chapter 17. Forms exchange and propagate nourishment, not by law, but by nature. As life takes a form, nature nourishes it, joining it to other forms until evolution changes it. Nature feeds, parents, teachers, employs, matures, decays, and consumes it. Like nature, the agile profit without competition, join without conquest, and share without repayment. And so this is all going in the direction we just talked about, with the donkey and, the, and the, the, the golden flowers. The cycle of uh, exchanging and propagating nourishment not by law, but by nature. There's nothing in the way that ecosystems evolve that has been specified in terms of uh, direct outcomes, but the rules of the game, the natural relations that we construct when we give appropriate kinds of motivation in a business sense, or uh, when The sun shines on one side of the planet and then the heat is radiated away to the night sky on the other side of the planet, that flow of enthalpy that generates all of the natural forms we're familiar with. We're talking about open systems. And so uh, this is speaking to both of those, hence profit without competition, join without conquest, and share without repayment. So um, linking those contexts... At least that was the intent. So there have been some word choices here, but again, I think
0: just to sharpen what we were doing in this poem before. Makes sense? It sounds new, but uh, we'll get there. uh, Yeah, when we talk about chapter 17, we'll get there. Let's get to chapter 18. Okay,
1: last one we're going to cover today. You will be aware that um, I've done some reordering of chapters here. And I I think most of the reordering uh, is for chapters we had not got to anyway, so it's not going to affect things we've been talking about before very much at all. But I realized that this was the one to finish this section on flow uh, should be about water. So nothing is so soft and adaptable as water, overwhelming the rigid and fixed because they cannot control it. The soft dissolves the rigid, and the yielding overflows the fixed. Everyone knows that's how water works, yet few grasp its benefit. The agiles share water to prepare the earth to grow and multiply grain, so none go hungry and none hoard it. So this is really where this idea of mutual benefit and flow, where those ideas meet. And um, the interplay in most translations of Lao Tzu is very muddy. And so I, I felt pretty happy with this one. I don't think there are too many changes, uh, maybe a little bit at the end, but not too many word cho- choice changes. It's more that this is the landing spot for the part about flow.
0: And what I love about this is that you start by Looking inside, so you talk about water and then you talk about the usage of water. Mm. So like, you start by talking about the physical properties, about how it flows, and you end by how people use it.
1: Yeah. The section about um, everyone knows that's how water works, yet few grasp its benefit, you see that turn up in a, all of the English translations in a confused way. It's kind of, it's almost like bragging. I'm very clever. I'm enlightened, and other people are not getting it, uh, or you know, being like, being critical. But when you put it into context, that meaning just falls away completely. This is really more about conveying a benefit to flow that is then going to set us up for part two about agility. So it's um, it's a natural segue into part two because part two begins by giving distinctions that are based on the flow of a river. And we've already done the deep dive on chapter 19. So I don't, we don't need to go into this now and I'm not, not going to go any further with it. I'm not going to read that chapter now. But the flow of one part into another is important to me to give us a context that's accessible. Uh, the trouble with most of these translations because they don't refactor, they don't reorder, is that it seems like one idea has nothing to do with the next idea And if it does, then the relationship between the two ideas becomes more confusing and more puzzling than either of the ideas by themselves. And you sit there trying to go, is this non-sequitur or is this supposed to have something to do with the last bit? And so part of my intent with doing this work is to go, actually, no, it can all hang together, but you have to actually put the jigsaw together. You can't just go, well, we're going to polish each puzzle piece and say, well, this is the best polishing we possibly could have done. So the way that we look at this then is giving the reader a journey to go on rather than saying, well, here's a bunch of uh, random snippets and scenes and sound bites, and you can go on your own journey. It's like an advent- invent your own adventure. I think that there is actually a coherent journey for a reader in this, and that's the intent here. And if you don't like that, fantastic. Go and improve it. Translate your own or base your translation on this, or whatever it is you want to do great people have been doing that for thousands of years I'm a branch not a leaf
0: on this here tree so there you go yeah for me the chance to read a, a whole uh, part with you is great because really the full story pops up mm. I remember that when I read the other version let's call it
1: why don't you name the translator so people can actually go and follow that up
0: yeah, so the name of the translator is Nisim Amon, and unfortunately only people who speak Hebrew will be able to read it. Oh. <laughs> but perhaps there are some, who knows? Yes. Yes. So anyway, one of the things that was missing for me there is really the fragmentation, and that's why when I read your book, or when I read it, because I still do, mm-hmm. I usually read one random chapter or two random chapters, and. Yes the chance to read it with you sequentially is really tells a story which is beautiful i want to end with the question that i always ask but about the whole part so mm-hmm. we talked about flow imagine someone who who understood the story now you know they never heard about it before but now while listening to this podcast on the way to work they just got something mm-hmm. How would the day look differently than a normal day?
1: Mm, good question, as per usual. So uh, in Agile and Lean, we love to talk about uh, value flow, uh, workflow. Uh, in business agility, we talk about uh, the flow of learning through the organization. And all of those kinds of flow begin with mindset. I have to. Because that's the, it's the, the, the flow is really a flow of mind in the sense that we distinguished in the uh, first chapter. So when you look at your business, you will often think about the individuals. Oh, that one said this thing, and I'm very upset with him or her for saying that thing. And this one over here, they've got an agenda, they're intending to do something. And you look at it as a bunch of discrete parts, you don't see the flow of conversations the flow of learning through the organization learning is a very disruptive thing Um, but if you can channel it if you can bring harmony to it well that's where we start talking about business agility so as a coach one of the things that started me when I first became a a coach uh, which is some time ago now was that I would go into my client's business and I stopped seeing the people as individuals I started seeing them Uh, In terms of the flow of conversations, I would say something to someone and it would come back to me slightly changed. Or I would say something to another person and it would come back improved. And so I began to prefer the the channels where I could actually get this mutual benefit to occur. That started to become one of my my litmus tests as to whether I was working in a a way that was going to be beneficial to the organization. It's not all there is then, but it's a change in perspective that um, is necessary to be an effective coach. So I guess I would say that if you've heard this and you're going back into your business, cultivating that flow perspective in the way that you're interacting with people, in the way you stand up, in the way that you understand, um, I would hope that that that's something that you'll begin to to go, I actually, there's a very different perspective I can bring to what's going on that will have me not reacting in the sense of that poem about uh, blindness that we read earlier, but responding.
0: Beautiful. And we'll end this really long episode with thanking you for this opportunity to, to dive into this. And with the wonderful song that we got the permission to use uh, Take care, and see you next time. See
1: you next time, Dove, and and thank you, because uh, this podcast and this exposition of this work, and in some ways this work wouldn't exist without our conversation, and you're very much just as much a part of that conversation as I am, and likewise to the audience. So do please give us as much feedback as you can.
0: So I thank you for this, and uh, let's mm-hmm. <laughs> let's uh, continue this in in our next episode.